This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, if you are involved at all in real estate in this province, you know what the prices of things look like. You know how much money is being shifted around. And you might have an idea on how much money government is taking in. But how dependent are we on real estate? Well, my next guest is an associate professor of economics at the University of Calgary. And Trevor Toom joins us on the line. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, Talk a little bit about this, because the comparison is being made about BC's dependence on real estate and comparing it to uh, the history in Alberta in the dependence on oil and the fact that uh, we might be a little bit too dependent on real estate in this province. Well, though once a year, Statistics Canada puts out their numbers around each province's overall economic size, what we call the GDP. Uh, They also break it down by sector. And 2016, now the latest data just released a few days ago, does show that British Columbia's real estate sector uh, accounts for more economic activity in that province than mining oil and gas does in Alberta. For comparison, Alberta, about 17% of our economy is now accounted for by oil and gas. That's down um, from about 30% 10 years earlier. But Real estate in British Columbia is accounting for nearly 18.5%, so about 18.4%. And uh, that's the first time that we've seen uh, real estate account for more in BC than oil and gas does in Alberta. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't draw too much from that comparison alone or say that this shows there's an over-dependence in BC on real estate or an over-dependence on oil and gas in Alberta. I think that's somewhat of a, a separate question, but Real estate accounting for so much in BC, I think, does illustrate kind of a growing um, trend that we've been seeing in that problem. And and do we have to be concerned, though, do you think about, uh, I mean, it is, as you said, 18.5%, but should we be concerned with putting that many eggs in one basket? Well, deep or within that uh, number, I think, is some subtlety here. So most people uh, or most home uh, owners own the home and they are not paying anyone for the housing service that they are enjoying. So what Statistics Canada needs to do is to try and put a value on the housing services that we are enjoying, even though it's not really a market transaction like rent. So when house prices rise and when rents rise, we impute more value to the housing services that we are enjoying, even though it's not like a real transaction. Uh, so there's that to keep in mind. Uh, second thing to notice, as housing prices rise, this creates winners and losers. Uh, those who do not own a home are not enjoying the increase in their wealth, but homeowners are. So I think it's much more about a, a shift than a broader aggregate concern in British Columbia. We could look to, say, for example, uh, debt levels. Uh, rising housing costs will lead to larger mortgages, for example, rising interest payments. And we do see also in the GDP numbers that were released a few days ago, that the amount of interest that British Columbians are paying as a share of their income is the highest in the country, at about seven cents of every dollar earned. But uh, though high, that is down from levels that we saw in British Columbia 10 years earlier at about 10 cents on the dollar. So I'm not sure it's, it's obvious we need to be very concerned about the overall state of BC's economy or its overall Um, reliance, if you will, on real estate. 
because there has been the question asked as well of should we be concerned because we're talking about real estate transactions and, and the government getting uh, its fair, its uh, money from the property transfer tax and from different things that, that, that is a tax on this part of our economy compared to, if we compare it to Alberta, on a product, on a natural resource and the differences between the two. That's an important point. The amount of income that the BC government generates from real estate transactions is quite large. Um, Not as large as what oil and gas royalties were for Alberta, mind you. But what we have gone through in the past couple of years here is a, a very rapid drop in royalties from oil and gas in Alberta. And that creates a large deficit. And so I would caution governments against relying on certain income sources that might not uh, be there in the future. Certainly, you want to think about uh, saving those components of income that are potentially volatile. And so the B.C. government exposing itself to risk by relying on income from real estate transactions might not be prudent, uh, even though the broader economy, uh, there might not be a problem there. Uh, the government budget might be riskier than it needs to be. And there's also the perception, too, and the the calls that we hear daily in B.C. from people saying something needs to be done about the affordability crisis. But if you look at the numbers, it's really not in government's best interest to cool the market if they're dependent on that money. Yeah, and I guess I would highlight as well that there are winners and losers when housing prices rise. It's not as though it's disadvantaging everyone. Those who own a home are benefiting, and those who want to purchase a home are not. Uh, but rising housing costs is something that is evident in the data. About one in four, a little more than one in four British Columbians spend, sorry, one in four households spend more than 30% of their income on shelter. And in Vancouver, that approaches one in three. And so rising housing costs does put a strain on household budgets. Is is one of the takeaways, do you think, from this, uh, the idea of, of diversifying, making sure, uh, yes, it's great that you have a, a commodity or you have a situation where gover- government revenues are coming in, but make sure there's also uh, diversity there in case uh, something goes south? Well, we hear a lot about diversification. Certainly here in Alberta, we've heard a lot about uh, about that issue for the past couple of years. There's a couple of things to keep in mind. That first, concentrating in a couple activities is not itself a bad thing. Uh, productivity and high income, strong economies come from concentrating in general what you're particularly good at. Economists call this uh, comparative advantage. And so we want to allow economies to do that when it makes sense. A uh, second point to keep in mind is that it, it matters how you measure diversification. Are we talking about jobs? Are we talking about the products we make? Are we talking about the markets we sell to? Or are we talking about where our income comes from? I think that's a much more relevant issue for Alberta and BC, where in Alberta, a lot of our income is fairly concentrated in oil and gas activities, but our, our jobs are not. So we are just as diverse in terms of employment and jobs in Alberta as Uh, BC is, for example, and our employment is no more volatile than BC is on average. Um, uh, But our income being concentrated in oil and gas exposes us, uh, corporate profits, government revenue, to risk. And so that might call for policies that take on more of an insurance role or that are targeted to households or individuals that need support when incomes fall, or it means changing government budgets so they're not reliant on volatile sources. And I think some of the lessons that we are 
learning here might be applicable to BC as well. Rather than trying to structurally change the economy itself, put in place policies that prepare for a situation when incomes fall. And in BC's case, it would be income from property. All right. Uh, Interesting numbers. Interesting take on it. Uh, We'll have to leave it there. We're out of time. But thank you so much. Appreciate uh, you joining the show this morning. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.